So we are back for the third talk with my grandparents, Jean and Paul. Last time we talked a bit about your early life in the farm, didn't we? And granddad about his and your parents as well. So uh, I want to come from there with Nan, like um, yeah, a bit more about what life was like on the farm and and sort of like I guess up to your late teens, that sort of era, if you mm. don't mind. <coughs> we finished off last summer. I just started school. Mm -hmm. I said about <coughs> having to cycle. So, um, so obviously, I stayed at the, prim uh, the <coughs> primary school until I was ten. Um, I took eleven plus, and I passed the eleven plus. <coughs> so I went to the Shaftesbury High School for girls. Um, which was a small school, I think I said there's probably about 150 in the uh, choir select. And quite a few of them were boarders because they were either service people's children or people like your mum who lived farther away from the school. Um, well, not farther, but it wasn't so easy to get to by day. So she would be a, she was a boarder from Monday to Friday. And she'd go home at weekends. <coughs> but uh, I obviously was just a, a, a day girl. But it was a it was a good education, and that is why I felt <coughs> when I grew up and <coughs> we had Alison um, that really and truly there wasn't a particular need to pay um, for for the schooling. But I didn't realise that the education standard when it became comprehensive schools had gone down drastically and so of course she didn't get a, as good of education as she should have done had we paid for her to go to Stover but um, she regrets it she would have liked to have gone to boarding school or, or something like Stover but anyway for, for me life went went on and during and during the war we <coughs> didn't really know there was a war on until you listened to the news on the radio or <coughs> the, the main uh, thing was to go occasionally to the cinema and see the Pathé news because of course then it was all up on the screen and we never dreamt of having television really in the houses although I had been invented before the war hadn't it but um, we didn't expect to sort of have television. So that's how we got our main news and um, otherwise a few things were rationed. Bread was always rationed. The BU's went on way after the war. Um, but living in a small place and um, being in a, a farming situation you all you got extra cheese automatically. Um, and, and actually our nearest shop was the local pub down in, um, in Cannes Village. I actually went around the corner to go up the zigzag hill um, and that, that was the shop as well as the pub. But he also dealt in black market because he always had quite a lot of everything. <laughs> so we didn't exactly go short, let's put it like that. Um, and then the shops in Shaftesbury, there was a good butcher's and 
well, to be perfectly honest, didn't really know the war. They used to have a pig, a pig killed um, and then have half of it back and hang it down in the cellar. And so we always had ham and bacon and things like that. But really, um, otherwise, I don't think there was any... Oh, well, the only bomb that dropped in the whole area was in the watercress beds because down in the, in the Melbury village, before we went up Spread Eagle Hill, the other one, um, there were the watercress beds. And obviously this plane was being chased home, German plane being chased home or something, and it decided to drop its bombs in the watercress beds. So that was all we knew about it, really, from that, that point of view. Um, so it didn't impact on my life, the war, in the same way as other places would have done. And then, uh, as I say, at 10, 11, I went to this, to the girls' grammar school. Um, and then as, as the war ended, <coughs> apart from the celebrations that we remember of um, going up to Wing Wing and um, Oh, I had my first wireless. That was in it. That was another thing I remember. I had a battery wireless, which you could was portable, so I had it in the back of the car. Um, and then, well, then I left school. As I said before, went went to work. Left school on Friday and started work on Monday uh, at Lloyd's Bank. Um, um, I can't think of anything very memorable, really. I mean, it was <coughs> terribly different than it is today, of course. Um, but it... Um, hmm. Not that your mum has got one there. I was talking, talking, I thought I was talking to Michael then. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, talking about Rita, actually. <coughs> I am, yeah. So the Pathé News, that was essentially visual news at the cinema, wasn't it? Well, yes, that always came on before the main picture. You sometimes had a little picture as well, a B-side or something, but, but they always the Pathé News. Yes. And that's the... Oh, and the other, the other thing was the, um, the farm next door up the road to us, um, there was a, a mother and son running, running that, and they took all the magazines like the uh, London Illustrated News and oh, everything, and things that we didn't ever take. But on a Sunday morning, I would cycle up the road and collect the um, the magazines for that for that week. <coughs> um, and he played the piano, so I used to sit and listen to him playing the piano for a bit and have a chat and, and then cycle back again. Um, so that was another source of information about about the war. Um, and then what, I can't remember, I suppose once the, once the war was over it didn't make a great difference to us, only that there, there were things available. My dad got a new car um, very modern, modern. Um, Morris Oxford uh, with the bulbous back. It was what they call it. What was it? Um, this 
designed by somebody, Isidonus, I want to say. It was very, it was very up to date at, at that at that time, and they had bench seats and a change of gear on the um, gear. steering wheel. So that that's what I learned to drive on. Um, but otherwise, life didn't change that much until later, I suppose. Um, so. And, her, and the, <coughs> the farming life went on the same um, as always. I say it was the only time that farmers made any money actually during the war. They, <coughs> the only other money that they they did all right, really, out of the war. I suppose they had, um, you know. What do they call them? What benefits? The grants and the subsidies. Subsidies. Uh, subsidies and things for. And also the milk marketing board. Well, yes, <coughs> the milk marketing board was always just down below Shaftesbury Assembly, where all our milk went. And that's why I did inquire about going and working in the laboratories down there, but that didn't seem to come to anything. So I ended up in the bank. Yeah, you were saying that the pub, who was also the local shop, had a lot of stuff that you shouldn't have. <laughs> would those extra things cost more than they than they would have usually, or do you? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. No. Really. I guess you were quite young at the time, weren't you? Well, I well when the war finished, I would have been um, eight. Yeah. So I would have been going there and there, sort of. From then into my early teens, mm -hmm. but then sort of by the time I went to work, <coughs> that was all finished. <coughs> Dad used to take me to. Oh yeah, that's right. And then I got a lift. That's right with somebody who came, who came past the farm to work it. What was he living in a transport or something in the, in Gillingham? So he he would pick me up and. And I'd work, walk from his office down into the back, so that Dad didn't have to come all the time. But of course, on um, on New Year's Eve we had to work <coughs> and balance all the books, and then you had to go, you had to go there. The, the junior had to take the letter in and give it. Them. And in those days, he had a very, and he wasn't elderly, but he'd had a stroke. So of course he couldn't use one hand, so he he had to had to initial all these statements, but he had to put his pen in his mouth in between every one because he had to take the top off the pen. Oh, was it a slow program? Then he then he had to recall tell us all the stories about who they were, and I was fairly new. Um, now you you know Mr. Lula, da di da di da, and then you you get their life history. So this went on and you were dying to get home and Dad was sitting out in the road, of course, waiting. But after all this was finished, he then had to go up to the manager. They, they lived in the house next door. Um, you had to go up there and have the proverbial sherry. Well, I did not like sherry in those days, certainly not at about half past twelve, one o'clock at night. Um, so we had to sit there and be polite. And... Um, <coughs> I was trying to sit nearest to the pot plant in the corner, tipped some sherry 
in quietly into the plant, whether it died or not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then uh, it came from home. So that was for the end of year accounts, is that? Sorry? For the end of year accounts, you say? Yes, yeah. yeah, everything had to be balanced off and the statements had to match the figures in the ledgers. But he had to do his tedious signature. <laughs> and he always used, he, he, he couldn't write very well, but he always used a blunt pencil on yellow paper. That was when he was writing out the letters for you to type. That was another horrendous thing. Um, but then I don't know, otherwise than that, life went on. Yeah. And also you um, said that you learned to drive on that Morris Oxford, but previous to that, had you you'd driven the tractors and the farm, oh, yes, hadn't yes, you? Yes, yeah. yes, 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 since I was about 12, <laughs> out doing the uh, chain harrowing or turning the hay, putting the hand in and, and things like that, yes. Um, yeah, it was a very easy, very good life, really. Only that for me, really, as an only child, it was lonely because everybody else that I knew, and it's called up three miles away in Shaftesbury, uh, and they didn't have cars, and when they even had push bikes. So, you know, it was a rare occurrence for me to have anybody come home. Yeah. Well, so. Granddad, I think it's, it's your turn now. So, a similar sort of question, really. The sort of your early adolescence and, and then a bit, bit before that, including the war, like Nan has covered as well, really. <coughs> yes, the, the listening to 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 Jean uh, um, it made me think. Um, I'm quite certain <coughs> that my parents were fearful during the war. Um, many people had um, built shelters out in their gardens and so forth, but <coughs> in ours and I think um, in many, any many towns. Um, what you had delivered to you was a um, steel, two steel plates, the size of a double bed, uh, which were supported on either corner by steel angled pieces, which were bolted together. And then on either side was large, strong, mesh, a Morrison shelter and what you did was you brought that, you put that in your front room, moved the furniture out and you brought your mattress and bedding down from the double bed upstairs and put it on top and that's where mum and dad would sleep when my dad wasn't out on civil defence activities or anything like that. <coughs> I had a single bed on the side of the room as you come in through the door. 
and you've got to remember that those properties were built in the 1936 and therefore each bedroom front room dining room all had fireplaces and there was also a fireplace there if the siren went off normally dad disappeared mum and i would then open up one side of the morrison shelter and climb in on the bedding that was arranged in underneath the shelter and that we would stay until the all clear went and then we changed places again I remember little things about the war, but not in any fearful detail. Even the Blitz of Exeter uh, happened well away from where we lived. Um, my mum's mum and dad were evacuated out of London um, because of my granddad's ill health and he and they stayed for us for quite a while um, but he was a, uh, I didn't realize it then but now talk talking back he was a very sick man he had been damaged um, in the first world war um, but he used to disappear with my father and go up and help chuck off the incendiary bombs off the buildings in the centre of Exeter. Um, well, he shouldn't have been doing. Um, but the war is such as something fearful to me wasn't as such. And he then after the major blitz of Exeter, my father had to go up to the Guild Hall, which was the centre of operations for the emergency. And because he was in the coal trade, which had given him a, uh, um, because that's why he hasn't gone, joined the services, because he had to make certain everybody got coal in their fireplaces to check out what roads in Exeter were available for him to make deliveries. And we cycled up there and he was queuing. I remember that outside the Guildhall. And if you ever go to Exeter, there's those pillars and covered area. And I always remember that bit as a young youngster, don't forget. I wasn't. I was about ten, and I suppose I know. I tell you, I was very young, but I wandered off, and the, I ended up in the cathedral, which had had a bomb accidentally, because no other church and were were hit, and everything else religious was left alone. Were in the Blitz. Um, and I can remember being in there and um, seeing the burnt out organ which was set above the roof screen and the other thing was 
the damage in Exeter was substantial. Um, the story goes, whether it's true or not, but that is the, tr the story that went, was that at Exeter University, well, no, sorry, the southwest of England College, which became Exeter University, had many overseas students, students and, and it goes that one of the students was a, a German lad who knew the town very well and that's why only the major buildings in the centre of city in the centre of the city were destroyed which was the post office the telephone exchange and the main shopping area together with Barclays Bank uh, which was a particular one because everybody then was on fire duty and they'd gone down into the cellar where the bank vault was where all the money would have been and the bomb was a direct hit and they were all actually killed in uh, in the underground shelter there but all the remain Roman remaining walls stood out above the rubble and if you go into Exeter now around Prince Hayes and so forth those walls are there as they were when I saw them as a kid standing upright against the rubble of the city at that time but that is only the memory that I have. It, it didn't distress me in any way, shape or form. I think at that age, you observe what is in front of you. You don't put any weights to it of how serious or damaging or how important it was to the city of Exeter. After that, I go back to school. I don't do all that very well. I end up at Hill School for a while. I get taken away from there because I'm not doing anything. I go to a private school called Mount Radford where we have the chemistry explosion, which we won't go into the details of, but that wasn't a success either way. And then my father's stepmother, who actually owned the coal business, said that she would pay for me to go to a private school, so I went to a private school. And from the age of 11, 12, Till I was 16, I was at boarding school. So I only saw my parents then during the holidays. And at the time I was 15, my father sold his gold business because he wanted me to, at that time, at 15, to agree to come into him because he said coal was no longer going to be an important fuel. Oil was and he had to 
put basically all his save all his properties in, in into hock and buy into an oil company and I didn't understand what he's talking about and um, it ended up selling the business for a few pence because it wasn't very much money because the number of customers were getting less and less and less um, and he then found a shop in a place called Watchit in Somerset which he made a success of and I ha helped him when we went there because it, the property was in a terrible state uh, with trying to repair it and between us we started buying tools many of which I still have um, he would pay half and I would pay half from the little savings I had um, and we used them the planes and the saws and such like in all the work that we did in trying to improve the situation and then I went off for a couple of years for national service um, and then came back didn't know what I was going to do went along as mother uh, father's suggestion my father's suggestion uh, and to this day I don't really understand why because that's what he wanted to be and he would have done he would have gone into the bank if his, da his dad hadn't made him um, join him in the business because at that time his dad wasn't very well but that's another bit of the story um, he suggested I went and had a word with the local manager so I went to see the local manager and he said well what do you want to do and I said I don't know what I want to do uh, but I always remember one thing I said I don't want a desk job that's a desk job all the time I want to be able to get out and see people and things so he said well that's what a bank manager does or something like that um, and he said I can arrange for you to go up and um, see um, the staff controller in London um, so I did had a medical I ticked the boxes they didn't ask me very much about how intelligent or unintelligent I was uh, which was a, to my best advantage and um, I joined Lloyds Bank Nice. Yeah, we'll cover national service at a later date as well, because that's quite that's the, you've, the, you've got you've got well, a good few. You must know that by heart. Yeah. I, I I do. Yes, I've um, had quite a few stories about that, haven't I? I, I definitely want to get some of them down. Uh, well, to be future. honest, perfectly honest, the bank was so boring. After that, I mean, that was the only highlight of your life, really, because you never talk about anything else. Talk about the bank a fair bit as well. No, actual well, fact. No, but national but service. He said, "You said if you said you wanted to get out and do things, from from then he didn't inform you that unless you were very lucky, it was going to be 30, 40 years before you ever got yeah. to be a bank manager, and it was a dead, <laughs> boring job. It was. <laughs> yeah. It was, mm. and you got fed up with Primstock. Um, Anyway, I was... <laughs> <coughs> it, uh, yeah, yes, off the record, <laughs> off the record there, is, is, it, is it still going? Yeah, it's still going. Oh, it's still going. We won't go down that route because uh, that is, it's, um, the fact that I did national service did 
affect my judgment of how people would react to my attitude. Well, if it's off the record, it, it, ru it had ruined you to go back into the bank. Yes, he, yes, he it had. He thought he was the cockiest thing alive when he arrived in mm -hmm. Nobody. Uh, where does he come from? He's come from well, nobody he was, thought he was a big geese. Nobody was going to tell me to put to their dustbin out for the dustman. They could ask me, but they didn't tell me. And of course, everybody, the, the junior, the junior had always paid for the manager. Because previously, he had the poor old chap who couldn't, only had, you know, had one side gone. So of course, everybody, the man, the, uh, the well, Yes, I suppose the Jim Pritchard had done it, and he mm -hmm. was old, he was older than you. Mm -hmm. He wasn't a junior; he was the uh, uh, cashier. But I mean, he was quite happy to do it. You see, mm -hmm. but when he came in, he was all sitting there cringing. Oh my God! I've been I've been learnt to explain everything to your colleagues that you were in charge of, so that everybody understood. And it was only after then, when the situation arose and it was necessary, that you told people what to do because yes, you'd already you were, you were way given them, out. Of and I just would, didn't take it. And also back then, civilian life was far more regimented than it is now. Like you were saying in the back, you needed to have a sponsor to get in. When you were oh. in the juniors did what they were told, didn't they, from well, the seniors. Yeah. Yeah. And it was yes sir, no sir. Mm. Um, you just, you know, just completely... I can, see, I, can, I can see what people thought of, crikey, who is he? Yeah, because you'd come in for, as a, you were a corporal in, yes. in the National Service, yeah. so you had a bit of um, authority there, coming into I, I had quite a bit of responsibility. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yes. But you should have forgotten it. You see, it didn't do well. any favours at all. Mm. It put us back years, really. Yeah. Um, you didn't well. Well, they stopped. They, they yes. even stopped your pay rise the first year. We well, when you accuse your mother, your parents and my parents, they could be uh, harbouring a couple of dishonest people. That was the end of it. Well, no, that's right. They even, it was a nasty bit of work. They even suggested that you were, you were at 25, the men would get a better rise because that was deemed to be the sort of age that you could get married. Well, he was 25 and I was 22. When it came down to it, because they didn't like you. No, because also you wouldn't go to Shaftesbury. Oh, uh, well, no. Yeah, that was the other thing. Well, I wanted to get shot of the bank anyway. But if I'd gone to the branch, I previously I couldn't go to that one up the road at Shaftesbury because everybody knew me and you know I would be too I knew so they said, Well no, you can't have a job at Shaftesbury where where I was in the polite. You can go to Gillingham. Well, that was right, but of course when he came along and started being cocky, and there was um, Molly and myself and and Jim Pritchard and whatnot that was there. Not um, the uh, chief clerk was a nice chap that liked me particularly. He got on very well. Um, they all liked me, 
and they thought, and then, then they realised that he started sort of going out, and um, they thought I was absolutely stupid. He wasn't good enough for me. He was just not the right type at all. Um, because he arrived in a dirty old raincoat with a a, a, cla a, a cloth a cap, you know, a peak cap, and a pipe in his mouth. I mean, he was only. Well, I was about seven. No, I was nineteen. So you were. Well, you were twenty-one. But yeah. <coughs> I mean, oh, talk about a disaster area. And then they stopped your pay rise when you got to twenty-five. What they happened? They accused you. Then they accused you of being with us being so hard up that he he's likely to potentially money from the till. Really, I mean. That was the last straw. I walked out of the room of the staff controller and asked the manager to come in and asked him to repeat what he said. Mm. And then he wouldn't. I said, well, that's what he just said. And Parsons afterwards would not say anything to Beckwell. You've just got to have to take it. But I said, he's accused. He's made an accusation there. But Pete, you know, I, I've got... Mr Parsons, please. And he would not, he would not support me one iota, because he had, he had, that chap, his name won't come to me for the time moment. He would, he did not say, I did not say that. He said, that I indicated that that was a possibility or something of that nature. Yes. So it, Parsons was in full thing that he had accused me that I could be, and you, could be potentially... No, he didn't yes. mention me. No, but that you were supposed to go off to Shaftesbury branch. And you wouldn't do that. You said you wanted to leave the bank, and he didn't like that either. Well, no, they all went off me yeah. by the end. Okay. So that um, really did... That put a, a kibosh on that period of time. Yeah, <laughs> mm. that's actually stuff I hadn't heard before. That all that that, that was all new to me actually. Yeah, oh. and, uh, well, I said we haven't said a lot about it, but it was mm. um, it what that because and then of course they refused to lend us the money. That oh. was the other thing because we uh, had found um, well they were building some new bungalows and our friend Sylvia and uh, Caroline Pitton that her mother and father is they'd got one of these bungalows but that was bought for them for their, by their parents but unfortunately our, uh, we put in the application Parsons was more than happy to put it up and it would, it, there was nothing wrong with the application whatsoever it got far as a staff controller which it should then have gone back up to London for the decision to be made and he wouldn't send it. He refused to lend it. it, was only, it was only and I then had a go at it. £200 they wanted yeah. for this. I then had another go at Parsons and said, well, you know, he has no right to do that. I said, I know they are the ones that make the decision. He said, but there's nothing I can do about it. You just had to put up with it. Yeah. Mm. Mm. That was a boss. Yeah. I learnt a lot from him of not what to do. A hell of a lot. Well, neither of our parents were going to lend us the money anyway, weren't they? Well, they couldn't. Not that amount. 
in those days now. Well, it would have taken too much capital out of their businesses. They weren't working in Jersey for Hmm? Yes, but he did, they didn't, until he sold that business, he didn't have that much capital behind him. He had to borrow it today. I never knew. They were very cagey. Never let, I, I never knew how much money they had or didn't have, to be perfectly honest. And my mother was very sort of tight-fisted. Mm -hmm. So then, having a girl, I went out in my lunchtime. And saw this um, oh, yes. and the news, the, the news agents window where, where Michael took us last year. You remember, remember that side of the house mm -hmm. being built on it, and it was um, advertised. Hmm? Yeah, it was two lovely places. You know, so it's about the honest three pound a week for that, isn't it? Yeah. But then we paid three guineas when we went into the bank for that, but. So it was about three pound a week, which was quite a lot. We didn't earn much. You were only on ten pound, um, and I was leaving work anyway because I didn't want to keep it going. So we had we managed on this um, in the end about yeah. we would have had about seven pound a week to live on, if that four pound of which was housekeeping. Anyway, so we were very hard up, but but we got this space. It was sort of, um, it was a furnished flat where we didn't want to have furniture, so we managed to get them to take um, to take the furniture out except the bed. They had to leave some in because it was necessary. And there was no facilities, there was no bathroom, as you say. We just had the outdoor toilet. So we had this awful old bed. So I bought a new, ma I bought a new mattress when I bought all the rest of this stuff. So we put a mattress on top of there, on top. And that's uh, and then we just had the well, the same the same furniture that's in there now <laughs> in this little room. And then we went in for our bath once uh, on Friday night. Yeah, that was in because it was a part of another house. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. yeah. It, it, the, the accountant at, uh, at the uh, Oakwood Bacon mm. Factory, mm -hmm. and that was supplied for them. But they were allowed to let this um, set that wasn't separate, but because they had doors, but we blocked up the doorway, and we just allowed to go through the upstairs doorway into the bathroom on Friday night. So, I mean, we stayed friendly with them. And she hadn't long been dead. No. Uh, the, the no. He died. No, we had, because he then then he made arrangements for a bathroom and all sorts of things to be done. Yes, yeah, so after we'd been there about yeah. a year, I think. Yeah. I think we were there three years in the end. Yep. But then they put uh, in in a little tiny bedroom upstairs, spare bedroom. They put up. Mm. Well, we had a bath. Bathroom as well. Oh, wait, um, did we have a toilet or just a wash? No, the toilet was still downstairs. Yeah, that's right. The one that you went out the back door and then into oh. the toilet outside. Hmm. Which wasn't uncommon. No, not like that. No. I know, but, you know. No. Um, when you look at <laughs> it. Uh, and there was a... You've got to remember that Jean had come from a farm. And when you were in a farm, you only see milk 
actually in a jug or a jug. Oh, that was so funny. Go on. Don't yeah, go we, from there. This couple next door had three children. Um, the eldest son and then the yeah. middle one and yeah. then a daughter, didn't they? Well, the middle one's called Billy. He was one of those, you see. He was bright as a button. He must have been only about three, I suppose. He used to climb over the This sort of lean to kitchen at the back had no window, so he could get down watch me through the window. <laughs> so I, I had never had a bottle of milk in it, you see. And, and I was fiddling around trying to pick the top off the cardboard bill. So this little chap said, oh, give it here, that's not how you open a milk bottle. You do that, he stuck his thumb in the top. And he, he was sharp as a button, wasn't he? And he, he was like a monkey because there was this really? old chapel next door. And he would climb out. And he'd put to bed, he'd climb out the bedroom window and he'd find Billy walking about on the chapel roof at the other, on, on, on the next door. He was a lovely boy. He was. A lovely boy. <laughs> and, um, what he became, what he, hmm? his brother became a doctor, didn't he? What oh did yes, Ernest was the eldest. Uh, he, yes. he ended up a doctor in Newcastle. Yes, but Billy, Billy... He I so, I what so it, wasn't it some any it's something that would fitted him very well social it, it was it's something like that he was when because he married an older lady didn't he if I remember rightly but uh, yeah it is it is in, in the past all all this so Billy no, was an absolute delight mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well so was the family Gwen and uh, uh, forgotten what was Will from Will Gwen. that's right Will they were absolutely lovely people. Um, <laughs> they took to us where Parsons didn't take to me um, <laughs> no yeah, I think and then we got the flat over the bank yeah you did yeah yes but I think uh, that's a nice uh, place to it is to give that another mm. stop so <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's been a nice one okay then so we'll stop this one now <laughs>